Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome to the Pine Lantern Podcast. My name is Paul LaFaver. I'm here with my Ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn. Today is Friday, the 14th of October, 2022, and I'm loving the cool weather. I hope you are as well. Uh, we were spending some time thinking about what to do for our next podcast, and funny thing is about uh, we used a lot of time to do it, and uh, so my idea was to have a podcast that was dedicated to the use of time, or time management. And so the, the first question is, will a podcast devoted to time management be a good use of your time? <laughs> well, we know we only have one hour to discuss it, so. I um, think it would be, yeah, I think this is a good use of our time. Yeah, I mean, I, we're, we're everyone is extremely busy today, at least most people are, if you have a family and uh Lots of things going on, like most people do. Absolutely, and buzzing so I, stuff. Oh goodness! Phones. So uh, yeah, and it's it's really easy to be distracted because you know you got that smartphone. It used to be, you know, you didn't walk around with a telephone. Yeah, so you those can, were the days. Those were the days, and I remember <laughs> freedom. It's like, hey man, yeah, we got this thing called a beeper, and people hated those. Yeah. Um. Man, wouldn't you like to go back to a beeper now? Yeah, I remember wearing that pager back in the late 90s. So it's yep. it's like crazy um, because you can be in the middle of doing something extremely important that needs to get done, and, and your phone is just going, you know, crazy because everybody and their brother's uncle is, is you know, needing to get up with Spam you for, calls. for yeah. whatever. You know, yep. hey, you want to sell your house or your auto uh, warranty is expired or you know any number of just ridiculous your, your car's extended warranty distractions that you get, get yeah. with you about and then that, of course yeah. it's so easy especially i see these young people i mean uh, and my wife is guilty for it as well but you get on some of these things like tiktok and it just seems like it's these you know video after video after video i mean i never i i don't i don't use that platform i'm you know i'm sure it's great and everything but i i look at people that are on it. And it just seems like confusion and chaos to me. But um, the bottom line is there's just a lot of things that could distract us from doing the things that we probably would be a better use of our time. So we're going to discuss that today. Absolutely. I mean, I have that first, uh, as you were talking, and I know I should have been concentrating on what you were saying, but that's that old song by uh, Jim was Jim Croce time in a bottle. Yeah. You know, if I could place t- put time in a bottle, you know, we can't. Uh, and, you know, life is complicated. It's full of responsibilities and, and opportunities. And then, like you said, throughout the day, there's any myriad of things that are competing for our time. Uh, so time management, I think, uh, is something we all need to, ma- we need to master. I mean, isn't that the saying? If we don't master time, it, you know, if we don't manage time, it's going to manage us. Oh, absolutely. So time management is, uh, to think that through, I think is going to be a good use of our time. 
Uh, now, I, w I thought about this because uh, obviously this is something that I want to be better at. I mean, it's funny how we, we develop these uh, topics for the podcast. And, and the reason why these topics come up is because, you know, some things are happening in the world and we want to talk about those. And uh, but I think uh, prioritizing your time is really important. And that's why, I, you know, this kind of flowed to the top. Yeah, I, I, you and I were having a conversation one time about, like, if you ask somebody, like, what's the most important, you know, aspect of their life? You know, what do they, what do you consider the most important thing? I mean, I, I remember your reply, and it was time. Yeah. Um, and it, you ask different people, and they'll tell you different things. But yours was time. And, of course, anybody that knows you knows that you got, you know, about 10 different fires going at any given time. So. Um, you know, you're constantly sure. running from this to that to that to this. So yeah, I can see where um, you know that's extremely important to you because if you ain't got a if you ain't got some kind of mastery or some kind of handle on that, you can forget it. You know, something's gonna fall through. Yeah, and I mean that's uh, I think I know that about myself too. I think it's really important for for all of us to kind of know your strengths and your weaknesses. But I think uh, I mean, look from what I've read in history and you know theology. I think so many people say so many important things about time. I mean, that's just kind of a, uh, you know, it's an oxymoronic thing to say uh, that time is important. But um, so Napoleon once said that space we can recover, time never. Uh, and I think what, you know, what he's saying there, of course, is, you know, he can regain terrain, right? Uh, like the Battle of Marengo. He lost, he said, the Battle of Marengo in the morning, but he gained it back in the afternoon against the Austrians in Northern Italy. And that's true, but, but you can't gain time back. Once time's gone, it's gone, and it's under the bridge. You know, it's, uh, the sand is, you know, is down at the bottom of the, uh, the dial there. But, um, and something, yeah, something that helped me this week. Uh, well, last week I read this book. It's by Greg McCowan. It's, uh, it's called Essentialism. The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. And some of you might have heard that book before. It's been around a little while. I think it came out in 14. But yeah, it's uh, about 200 pages. But the whole idea uh, that he discusses in his book, uh, uh, Essentialism, is to how to eliminate the non-essentials. So something I got out of that was, you know, how to take, uh, how to take some of these principles and then put them towards the use of time. Mm -hmm. Right. And so uh, I think we've kind of uh, got the ball rolling here. Uh, I want to be bold here and suggest four principles for the wise use of our time. Okay. Well, yeah. Kind of an easy way to remember how to manage. Yeah. How to manage your time. So I like acronyms. Acronyms are good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a product of my environment, uh, 20 year army. And, you know, the acronyms that I, I was taught in the Army helped me to do things. And an acronym for everything. Absolutely. So, that, you know, METTC, you know, METTC dependent. Yeah, that's a great acronym. Loose must. But I have, uh, you know, four, a four-letter uh, acronym. It's PART, P-A-R-T. Okay? So here you go. So it's prioritize, adjust, reserve, and time box. Okay. So uh, as it is with some acronyms, you know, we, you want to make it also uh, 
a, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, and this is what happens when you get old and you become like the president, start forgetting <laughs> yeah. stuff. Uh, the word had come to me, but it's the word. The case that, of Bidenism. Yeah. But the, the, the acronym is actually uh, also a real word. So I'll, I'll come around and remember that. Uh, but prioritize. So you prioritize tasks and define your goals. Uh, so, I mean, this is kind of goes without saying. Uh, when you look at, because we're men, we're adults, we want to look at, you know, look at our week. Uh, so the first thing that I do, uh, and you may know me, those of you do, is, uh, and know those of us like me, is I like to use uh, a personal calendar, a notebook, a personal calendar. I like to use, uh, you know, like a, a little bit of a journal. And so this is something I put on my nightstand. This is something I take with me. In fact, it's, it's really my brain on paper. Uh, but what I do is I've got, I've got the, the week at a glance. I've got the month. I've got the year. I even have things that go five years out. I've got a five-year plan for certain things. It's kind of weird. But I think the idea, uh, the premise here I want to establish is you want to look at the tasks at hand and to prioritize those or uh, really to use Greg McGowan's uh, premises to find out what's essential. Find out what is the essential so you can eliminate the non-essentials and concentrate your time effectively on the things that really matter. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people do this. I mean, I know my family does it. We'll uh, use a piece of paper or a whiteboard or something and start uh, jotting down all the various different tasks that we have to accomplish, um, short-term, long-term. Yeah. Um, and then uh, going ahead and prioritizing those things. So that once you get your lift, list developed, because most of us maintain a pretty long list all the time. I mean, as you knock something out, there's always something else that gets added to the list, right? So there's always, seems like there's always a, a to-do list, if you will, of things that families have to do. And, uh, but it's important to, at least for me, I'm a visual guy, um, so I like to see things. Um, so that helps me. Uh, most people can just do this probably without doing that, but I like to write things down because that way I can kind of like, okay, this needs to be on top you know, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And that's usually a conversation I have with my better half. Um, and we'll sit there and look at that list and because and, uh, she'll have some input and things that I don't realize about uh, importance uh, of some of the tasks. So... Um, that's always helped me, and that that I think that plays right into what you're talking about. Just constantly prioritizing and figuring out what it is that you need to be working or focusing on at that moment, Absolutely. And, and figuring out the best time to do it. Yeah, I find that when I'm um, just just get a clean piece of paper. I mean, there, it's like a, one of the most beautiful things in in the world. I know it's kind of weird. Is a clean piece of paper. All the possibilities <laughs> that that uh, that could go into that paper, but you just kind of uh, uh, you know, word salad, if you will, that piece of paper. And then, you know, you may, you number something that's a one, and then later on, that's, you know, you go back and go, that's not exactly a one. Mm-hmm. But I find also when I've, I've jotted everything down on paper that I have, I look at the big picture, you know, and I remember what the goal is. You know, and that's important too. It's like, hey, what am I, what am I doing this for? This, you know, we say in the Army, to use it as an example, is the purpose of this operation is this. It shows the why we're doing something. Why are you doing this? Right. And so this is it also reminds us of our big goal. And I think, uh, you know, uh, there's so many time thieves 
uh, that you know would preclude us from doing stuff like this. This is why this is such a good uh, use of your time is because you know people will procrastinate. They say, "I've got, I'll do that." You know, I'll think about what I need to do Saturday or something, and then I don't have these options to do that. But this is what this principle does: is it circumvents the procrastination, and and it forces you to kind of put everything down that's essential, and then you sort through it. Yeah, that's I the think idea. If, yeah, I think if we um, write down everything we do during a day. Uh, we may be surprised on how many non-essential tasks that we're performing that are really not important at all. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, a conversation with your neighbor. Okay. That 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 could be extremely important. Okay. Um, but there's, I'm sure all of us are, you know, doing things during the day that uh, are probably not the best use of our time. Now, if you have the time to do that, fine. But uh, most of us don't have the luxury of having a lot of leisure time. Yeah. Now, it's something, um, yeah, I mean, we have less leisure time. I think when I get older, now that I'm 50, I realize I have less time for things. I mean, because statistically, if I die at 72, I'm already over the hump. I mean, that's a little morbid. Yeah, I don't, but, uh, you know, I, I think when I was younger, I had a Oh, yeah. A whole different idea of... Re- the aperture's wide open. <laughs> well, I mean, I, yeah. I, let me just take the term retirement, for, for instance. Yeah. Okay? I mean, you could, you could say I'm semi-retired. Um, I've never been busier. And I think, I think that's probably the truth for a lot of folks that um, are retired. I, I, I think at least the smart ones are probably busier during retirement than they ever were when they were working a nine-to-five. Um, because that just sucked up your entire life. I mean, that was everything was focused around whatever that job was that you had that 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 uh, that W two uh, chore that you did. You, you woke up every morning. You had the same old routine Monday to Friday, whatever. Um, but now that you don't have that, that thing is is removed from your life. Uh, then you got everything else that that you're involved in, and it can be extremely busy. Uh, I think you and I are, are much busier in our 50s than we ever were in our 30s. That's absolutely true. I mean, I don't know, but you know, I, know, I know I am. And I've uh, something I got out of Greg McCowan's uh, book, Essentialism, is uh, just very simple. Uh, learning to say no. Learning to say no. And the idea of learning to say no is saying yes selectively. So just something that you know, when I read this, he doesn't bring this out, but uh, when I read that uh, portion of his book, because I was thinking about the movie uh, Yes Man <laughs> with Jim Carrey. So if you don't remember, uh, you know, Jim <laughs> Carrey is the character Carl. He's a, a bank loan officer. That's right. He, he's, uh, he's really, he has a negative outlook on life, and he's coaxed uh, to this motivational uh, seminar that encourages people to say yes, 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 to be a yes man. And so, uh, you know, initially this pays dividends for Jim Carrey, for Carl, and, and he has all these misadventures. But, uh, but really, at the end of it, you know, he does meet the love of his life and, and all these other good things, but he learns, uh, he has to learn a better way to say yes. 
to say to say no sometimes. Yeah, he has to find that balance, right? Yeah, he finds the balance. And so to say the the idea is you can't say yes to everything because it monopolizes your time. You you're juggling life. You're 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 running to the rat race. You have no focus. And then of course we're not even talking about money here. We're not even no, talking but about I, finances. I, you, you bring up a good point because I'll be honest with you, I think a lot of people have a hard time with no. Yeah. Um, because it just seems like it's just so mean. How did? Why could you tell me no? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, uh, it just seems mean. It seems um, selfish. It seems. How dare you? I think there's a lot of yeah. negative connotations, obviously, with the word no. I mean, that's kind of funny in itself, but, um, but it. I think you do. I think people do need to learn how to do that um, in, in a, I don't know, a polite way. Yeah. Uh, in an earnest way where they don't feel bad about it, but there's I mean, actually, I mean, not, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but I think there's, I think, yeah, I don't think I'm, I don't, I've never had that problem. Um, but I know yeah. people that, that it's do personality driven. It too. is. Yeah. Um, but some yeah, people I, are more comfortable saying no. And that's true. Yeah. I, but there's some people have a hard time saying that. That's true. Some people have a hard time saying no because they don't want to, you know, disappoint, uh, disappoint the friends. And, uh, but something, uh, that's akin to this is really the art of negotiation and, and negotiators, you know, they use the, uh, the, the terminology of, uh, getting the, uh, you know, no is not a bad word. And so you can use terms like, uh, forms of expression, like, is it a waste of time for us to do this? And then, so the answer you want is, no and that makes a no good and so that's the idea but uh i think it's important to i know that i need to say no selectively i need to say yes selectively and so something that any type of discussion like this reminds me of is sometimes i need to say no i need to say no uh to things that would take that would gobble up a lot of time and maybe uh a qualified no you know, sometimes that's good too. maybe give your friend, hey, no. And it's because I got, you know, something else I committed to. And I think when you say that, it, uh, it does two things. Obviously, it, it, it uh, reminds your friend that, you know, you're not just a snob and you're, you know, socially defunct, but you have commitments yeah. and, and they all end up honoring that. So I think yeah. that's kind of important. So I think what I'm saying is uh, maybe qualify the no. You know, with people that you need to to qualify with, because this is important, right? I mean, you cannot you're not going to be able to prioritize anything unless you can say no. That's true. And then the idea is also when you uh, prioritize your tasks, is you're taking that uh, you know higher view of what's going on with your life. So you're taking stock of your life, taking stock of the situation. Well, and, I, you mentioned something earlier about your five year plan. Um. And of course, it sounded very Marxist of you, but um, <laughs> but what you're what you're what you're saying is you're not losing sight of your long term goals. You yeah. know where you're going as a person, where you're going as a family. You know, so you want to make sure that you're heading down the, the path that's going to get you there. Yeah. If you're if you're distracted doing a bunch of million things that have they're not going to get you there, they're actually going to keep you from ever achieving that long term goal. Then you're then you're just running in place. Yeah. So that I mean that's another. Uh, terminology you can borrow from the army, but the military is you have a nested interest. You, know, you look at, you know, hey, is this task, you know, uh, nested with the, the, big, the big goal? Is that going to lead me to that? 
And so I think, uh, you know, obviously this will apply to uh, any discussion like this could be military focused. Uh, you're a student, you know, in college, whatever. I mean, I remember going through college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with myself, you know, let alone doing life. And so, and that could be you, but not everybody has that problem. Some people more switched on. I just wasn't one of those people. But I think, uh, I mean, it's a good use. The whole point of with prioritize is prioritizing is uh, we're we're judging things. So there's a little bit of uh, uh, not judging. That also has a negative connotation too, right? But we're uh, we're a little bit of uh, you know we have to look at the the. I guess I want to use that word judge. So we're judging things and whether or not these are have uh, essential qualities or non-essential qualities. They could be anything we do, you know, from the time you get up to the time you go to sleep. And uh, so that's why I have this prior, this uh, second principle is adjust. So you have prioritizing your tasks and defining your goals, but then maybe you go, you start on Monday, Tuesday, you see, Hey, that didn't really work. Right. And so this reminds you, this is like a, like an OODA loop, if you will, you know? Yeah. Or, or another thing that comes to mind is life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. So, you know, obviously, <laughs> yeah. you know, obviously you have a plan, you know, you've prioritized, you've taken the white sheet of piece of paper, like you talked about earlier, but life's going to happen and things are going to pop up and you're going to have to be constantly kind of reevaluating and assessing yeah. and, and adjusting. Right. Is that what you're talking about? There? Exactly. So uh, the, really is it's causing us to be you know judgmental with you know what we just set out so it, it really this is hard for me because i'll fall in love with a plan i do that i'll make a plan i like it i sell it and then when i see uh something that's like a, a chink in the armor i'll rush to defend that plan instead of having somebody point out the fault yeah. and I, i'll tell you i'll do that and and that is we don't want to do that so, because we have, you know, history is replete with people that have done that, made the plan, and they fight the plan, not the enemy, and then they just have a big train wreck. Uh, and so this is this is a way to avoid the train wreck. Uh, and the train wreck here is a little less costly. It's just frittering time, you know, wasting time. And, uh, you know, on this note, too, there's certain things that are not a waste of time. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, of course, we talked about spam calls, uh, we've talked about those are the easy ones. Yeah, uh, but the more difficult stuff is um, a friend in need. Yeah, so this is where the adjustment would come in, right? I have this is like life change. Mm -hmm. You know, your your family. You know, you have you've got a funeral, health issues, health issues, and so you just have to be not stringent with this because you know life is flexible. And uh, so you want to be flexible with this because, you know, rigid plans, you know, are destroyed by chance events. And so you want to look at this and see if it's practical. Uh, that's, you know, one, something that we tell the, uh, the students go through the, the, the Q courses, don't think like Jason Bourne, right? Think practical. I mean, Jason Bourne couldn't be Jason Bourne. Sorry. Nobody's a Jason Bourne. It doesn't exist. It makes a cool movie, though. Yeah. But nobody is that freaking good, Okay. Just think practical. <laughs> think about, hey, what is this really going to look like on the ground? Because that's what you need, how you need to be planning. And so, 
you know, when your schedule is jacked, well, then, uh, you know, you could, you could make up time here and there. You can uh, make up for lost time in certain ways. Yeah, I think um, the mark of a good manager is is not um, running something free of mistakes. The mark of a good manager is that guy who, when presented with uh, curveballs and, and, and crazy things that pop up, how good he's able to adjust and and work through that. Um, I've seen people like where they just lose their mind because it's like, oh man, you know, it didn't go the way it was planned. Well, it's just not. If you if you if you start out realizing it's probably not going to go as planned, and then just be waiting for um, the the strange stuff that pops up. Okay, the the un the unplanned <clears throat> events. It's how you manage those things and how you work through those things. I think is is a mark of a good manager. So you're kind of talking about that too, and your on your on your time management. One of those things is just you know we have a thing called contingency plans. We try to think of as many different you know crazy things that could happen, and and try to plan for them a little bit. But I, I guess just be ready for your plan to change. Be ready for life to happen, and just go with it. Roll with it. Don't get upset. It's not, there's no point doing that. It's not going to help anything. Keep a clear head, and just figure out how to make your adjustment and and still. Um, you know, make your hit time, if you will, um, achieve achieve your goal, um, regardless of what happens. Absolutely. Now, I think uh, you raise an important aspect of it, Mike, is is not being afraid of adjustment. Because uh, you know, I this is an area where I've had to really learn and be stretched, and I I didn't like like when you're wrong. Nobody likes to be shown that they're wrong, but look at a different way. Look at maybe this way is you don't know everything. You never will. And a wise man knows that. And so you are not afraid of adjustments. In fact, adjustments actually, you know, make you sharper or make your schedule better in this in this sense. And so this highlights uh, kind of a $50 concept that comes from Hegel, a philosophical construct. Uh, it's a Hegelian triad of thesis, antithesis, synthesis. So if you follow the idea just at the basic level, is you have a thesis, you have, you know, a uh, the premise, right? Uh, the only thing that prevents the uh, conquest or the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Thesis, right? Antithesis uh, could be, you know, a nuance of that. And then a synthesis is you put it all together. So you have the first thesis, it's like, you know, uh, did you found a chink in the armor and you've got an antithesis. And so the idea is, you know, if you just follow this train of thought is as you focus on what you control, you find, you know, some issues where, Hey, that didn't quite work. If I would have kept going with that, it would have been a giant train wreck. And so this was, this was a good adjustment. Right? Yeah, good, I, yeah. they, they say, uh, successful people are those that are not afraid of failure. Because uh, most successful people fail over and over again, and I, I, what you're talking about too, I think, is just you know how, how do you become experienced at anything unless you're kind of willing to um, make mistakes? So you, you, really, the mistakes—it's sort of a mindset, I guess, uh, of ex, of expecting and and uh, looking forward to the mistakes. That sounds crazy, but that's really that's really where the experience comes from because it's the lessons that you learn from the mistakes that are able to refine you and make you uh, a better 
time manager or whatever it is that you're wanting to do. So be, forget perfection. It's, it's a, it's, you know, the control freaks, you know, always want perfection and they, they're never very good managers. You're better off just uh, as much as possible kind of being able to sort of be uh, blow in the wind, uh, be a tree, uh, flex with the wind and, um, accept the crazy things that are occurring and then and then getting smarter and smarter and smarter on how you get back on track and uh is that that because the next time you, you know it just makes you that much smarter when you're when you're doing the plan is that that's, that's how you get the experience i mean that's personally yeah. that's how i do i think most people get experience from making mistakes right yeah the uh yeah you've someone who says they they know it all they haven't obviously haven't uh, ever been an instructor because uh, you learn a lot when you teach. Uh, and then something I thought about uh, on this uh, rubric is, you know, adjustments help us to actually find out what's es- essential, right? Because something else is now monopolizing events, and that's just rising to the top. It's like, well, that's now something needs to be. I need to uh, concentrate our firepower on that. And then, yeah, and to this, this other thing is really not as important all of a sudden. Uh, and then, uh, so there's your prioritize, your adjust and reconfigure as needed. But thirdly, uh, this something that uh, I didn't see enough of in Greg McCowan's book, and it's in there, but something I think is a little bit more important is reserve time to think, recreate, and sleep. So you 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 reserve time. You you uh, you fight for time. I'm gonna tell you why that's so important, and why you and I I think have saw that a lot, uh, seen that a lot. And that, and that, in my in a time when we were in the military, we saw commanders uh, fail at this over and over again, uh, where they they were trying to do too much, and they didn't allow that time to rest. Yeah. And so you know they're not they're not at the they're not at their sharpest game anymore because they're they're completely burned out. And it's it's extremely important that you that you uh, allocate time to just rest and just reflect and think about where you're at, what you've accomplished and what still needs to be done. But you have to have that sort of quiet time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Something that, uh, that Greg McCowan says in his book is there is uh, if in fact, he says an undisciplined pursuit of more. And so we think if we put in a, you know, if there were a 36 hour day, we would do it. I know I've had certain days like that, but then you're going to reach what we call tracer burnout or the law of diminishing returns. Is there only, there's only so much you can do, uh, you know, cognitive ability you have, physical ability you have, emotional ability you have in one day. And, and once you've reached that point, you're going to just become dangerous and you're going to make mistakes. Uh, and I, I remember that going through uh, shooting schools. And you're running around with your full kit, and you're you're doing CQB and stuff, and you're just dangerous because now you're tired. And of course, yep. your instructors are doing that because they want to show you, hey, see how hard it is to make a decision now to do X, Y, Z to discriminate between targets as you're running around and all that. And the whole point that reminded and it, it just uh, reminded me of the the fact that you need sleep. You know, sleep is we say you have enough sleep when you're dead. And yeah. that's something fun you say when you're going through, you know, an army service school. But, but you you really do need enough. I mean, come on, uh, you're you're you have to have how much? How much sleep do we need? Well, I, to- I I hate that. Um, 
I, I hate that. Listen, there's people that don't need eight hours of sleep a night. Um, for quality sleep. Whatever, however many hours there are. Now you need, quality. Yeah, you absolutely yeah. need quality sleep, okay? But there are people, I, I think Napoleon was one of them, Napoleon Bonaparte. I mean, About three or four hours. Three or four night, hours yeah. was good for him, okay? Now, I'm pretty sure that he probably went into a straight coma during three or four hours. Those are three or four hours of unmolested sleep. Unmolested, yeah. No, yeah. you know, completely down, uh, yeah. rejuvenating. And I think uh, from what I've heard, too, Donald Trump's a lot like that, too. They say the guy doesn't need a lot of sleep. I think a lot of successful people are like that. Now, me, forget that. Three or four hours is not going to be enough yeah, for, no for, for me. But you need to figure out what your uh, needs are and make sure that you uh, account for it. Yeah, not only that, but uh, uh, you need time to think. So I put this in here, uh, reserve time to think, recreate, and sleep. So I'm thinking this is really not only uh, uh, time for hobbies, that's to recreate, and that's kind of a duh thing, but just time to step back and, and just kind of take stock of uh, your life, take stock of the situation, take, as the Stoics would say, at the end of the day, they think back through the day and go, hey, what was done well? What was not done well? And, uh, you know, you can actually, you can't overthink. And I am probably guilty of that. I overthink pretty much everything. Uh, so this is really not my problem. But some people don't unplug. And, and they, uh, they can become uh, anxious, depressed, yeah. Yeah, I've, overtaxed. I've, yeah, I've known people that overthink. Uh, stuff so much that they actually never accomplish anything. Yeah, the uh, paralysis by analysis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, paralysis by analysis. Just constantly, and you know, and years later, you're like, dude, why haven't you, uh, you know, fixed up your family room yet? Ah, oh, still haven't decided if I'm doing sheetrock or waiting for the right time. You know, paneling or this, and then it's just, you know, after years of listening, it's just kind of boring. It's like, dude, just throw something up. <clears throat> yeah, and you know, I'm not saying that. I mean, here's the idea: is life is, should be about balance. You know, balance is good, you know. Uh, and so the idea also is all work, no play makes Jack a dull boy. So there needs to be a hobby. There needs to, you know, my hobby is reading. So the room I'm in right now has tons of books. I like to read. Uh, you read to lead. Uh, you feed your brain. There's so much to read, so little time, you know, of making many books. There is no end. We could compile uh, the sayings, but reading is really fundamental. Okay, it really is. I stole that one too. <laughs> but, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be reading. It could be walking. It could be, you know, throwing axes. I don't know. Uh, the idea is you need a time to just unplug. And then maybe that means leaving your cell back at the house. I think uh, that's something I've started to do. And if you're trying to get a hold of me and, you know, you don't get me for an hour, it's because I've unplugged. I don't have to be on a... Uh, pager or a beeper anymore so i don't i'm not america's 911 i'm good uh but that's the idea it's just you think through time from mar it's called time for margin now something else i would, i put in there is i've been married for 27 years and there's a reason why the first reason is my wife has a sense of humor and i have no idea what she saw in me but i also date my wife i make margin for my wife, we have time together. And so we pick a day and pick a date night and do that and just religiously stick with it. And so when that day comes up, she says, hey, you know, that's, if I forget, you know, that's that's our date night. Well, you better have time set aside 
for that. And you'll find that uh, uh, this habitually, uh, this will make you a better use of the other time that you have. And you, because you don't have time to do all the other stupid things you do, instead of just eat and, and, and uh, you know, talk about why you wanted to spend the rest of your life with this fine woman, uh, then you're, you know, you're, you're going to be able to think those things through the next time you sit down to do tasks. Yeah, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but you just made me think of something. And Tangents is, are fun. Um, so you have kids. Yeah. And I think a lot of us uh, parents. Don't even mention them. Yeah, that's also important. Well, yeah. you know, and I, yeah, but see, I, I think that's, that's, that's actually what got me thinking because you didn't mention that. And, and, um, but you they're, mentioned. Because they're out of the house now. <laughs> well, no. And I, well, yeah, yeah, but here's the point I'm making. I think as parents, we, we actually probably do a better job of allocating and reserving time for our children than maybe we do our spouse. Yeah. And I think it's very easy to put the spouse on the back burner because you're dealing with, um, you know, whatever issue a child has or children. Um, but I think the biggest gift that you give your child is your relationship with your spouse. Uh, so I think that's, you know, just keep that as far as it, it, you know, that's just something I've thought about is, you know, you want to have a great, uh, healthy relationship with your spouse and your significant other. So you do, I, you know, I like the idea of the date night. I think that's awesome. Um, but it also, you know, you're also modeling for your children and, uh, the best thing you can do for your children is actually have a healthy relationship with your spouse and stay married. That's absolutely right. Yep. One of the I'm, most, not, I'm not saying, you know, don't do anything for the kids and don't spend time with the kids, but uh, yeah. don't forget the spouse. I think it's easy to say, well, so you know, easy to do that. They're minors. You know, they need our attention right now. You know, you're an, you're a, you're an adult. You can, you know, you can handle it. Uh, I don't have time for you right now. I don't, I don't think that's the right answer. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I would say, I would just double down on that and say, uh, one of the most important things that your children need to see is that you respect your wife and that, you know, you've set aside time for that. I think when my, my kids saw that, they thought, wow, you know, you know, this is, it just shows where your heart is. You know, that's, that's the, uh, what the Bible says, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And uh, so, and then here's the other thing. Uh, if I could offer some free advice to the guys out there, when you go on a date with your wife, uh, put your freaking phone away. Oh my so God. there's nothing worse when I see a guy, and this is really not a gentleman thing to do, is to get the, the couple, they're sitting at the table, and they're both dorking around with their phones. And I think, what's the reason why you went to this restaurant? Okay, yeah, the food's good, but to also spend quality time. And how are you getting that if your phone's in your hand? I mean, you spend enough time with the freaking phone in your hand already, so put it away. Yeah, turn it off. Yeah, just... Just turn it off and... What is what signals that send to your wife that your the, the phone's more important or whatever it is? I got it. If you get a call and it's like your well, kids at home, the f- house is on fire. Yeah, it's got it's, it, it's, but, it's, it's pri- again, you know, it's back to P, right? The priority and uh, prioritizing your time and uh, you know, if you're on a date with your wife, be on a date with your wife. Exactly. Right? Yeah, plenty of time to play with the toy. And you're gonna have to fight. You look the the whole idea with this is you have to develop a good habit. I mean, our values reflect. You know, what's the most important thing in our lives? And so you're going to have to, uh, you know, what you value is going to determine what you, how you live. And so if you value this time, then you're going you're gonna to have to make a habit. And, and this is, uh, you know, you, you have to force yourself 
And I'll tell you, I mean, I, it's like my phone is attached to me like an umbilical cord, like everybody else. Um, but the, I, the other thing I didn't really go through enough is uh, I think reserving time is, is to keep you from getting exhausted, just burned out in life. Just get burned out. And so that's, it's not just so much a hobby and the time with your loved ones and sleep and time to think, but just, you know, so much time is spent, uh, you know, just we, we care, we, we worry about other things so much that we forget, hey, you know, enjoy life too. You know, just uh, don't, don't be burned out. Don't, it's so easy to get burned out in a job, taking your work home with you. You know, and you're always just doing something else instead of just just unplug for a little while. Yeah, so I mean, what comes to mind, uh, at least for me, when you when you say that is is the fourth commandment. I mean, I think even God recognized that the human yeah. body, you know, the the human being uh, that He created, uh, works best when it works six days and rests on the seventh. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, I think we were designed that way too. I think. Um, you know, take a day off, you know, total, just, you know, unplug from everything at least one day a week if you can and, uh, and uh, revitalize yourself. I think, I think your, your health and every, your mental health and everything else will be better for it. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So the, uh, I think that's one that I have to be working on is, you know, I'm always trying to, uh, because I was in third special forces group, uh, one of our mottos was, you know, 10 pounds of poop in a five pound bag. And so we just want to cram, you know, 36 hours of stuff in a, you know, a 24 hour day. And you just got to avoid that. Uh, you're going to, you're going to burn yourself out. Uh, and then, so if you're a leader, you're looking at, you know, the law of diminishing returns and you want to, this is also a call to be practical. You know, you, I remember on J sets, we want to do so much, you know, you want to, I'm, I'm, my family, I don't think they listen to these podcasts, but it would be funny for my wife to hear this is on a vacation, I would have like, you know, uh, five W's we'd go out, we'd have a mission statement and a con op for our, our, uh, our little vacation. My wife's like, we're going to, we're going to Florida. We're going to go to the beach or whatever. And, and, uh, but the idea is I, I had this, uh, uh, you know, had to go a certain way, and, and if it didn't go that way, then doggone it. Uh, and I had every little time, little minute monopolized in that. But you can just get burned out. You just well, gotta, I, yeah, I mean, I completely can relate to that. And um, I think it takes a while post-military ret- yeah. <laughs> retirement to kind of put that in proper perspective. But I think it's so ingrained in us, like 20-year career, of you know, everything that you do is – is meticulously planned out and, and you end up coming home on doing the same thing on a vacation. Cause you know, at least in the military, we used to get uh, you know, paid vacation, right. Once it, you know, so many days every year and it's precious. So, you know, when you finally have leave, you know, it's a big deal to you. And I think our training tells us to make the most of it. Then you end up kind of ruining you know, you can easily ruin a vacation doing that. Yeah. Instead of just relaxing and having a good time with your family. Yeah, you forget that, hey, the whole purpose of the vacation is to relax. Right. <laughs> yeah, it ends up being yeah. a mission or something. Like yeah, it's a, you're on a mission, man. But, uh, okay, so the last principle I have is really kind of putting it together. It's time boxing. So, so the obvious question is, what is a time box? You know, if in your mind's eye you have uh, – 
time for business or pleasure or whatever it is, you know, blocked, time blocking, time boxing, the, the concepts are very similar. But what we're looking at is a fixed unit of time dedicated to an activity. And we say, hey, I'm going to do X, Y, Z during that time. And this could be conceptual. Hey, I'm going to work on these, you know, and, and we get, we're stealing all these things from the military, of course, because the Army teaches you how to plan. And uh, the idea with the time box is instead of juggling things and overcommitting in certain areas, you go, well, now it's time for this. And then I'm going to only dedicate so much time into that activity. And when I reach the end of that, that, the border of that time, well, I need to reevaluate and see if I have enough time, you know, to, to, to commit more or you're going to be behind in other tasks. Uh, and so you have, uh, you can think of any myriad of uh, things you'd have to do during the week. And so this is going to, I'm going to use another concept here from Greg McCowan's book, and he uses what he calls a trade-off. Uh, and it's just a simple term, a simple uh, idea is, is uh, trade-offs are where you say, hey, am I willing to trade this for that? Uh, and so this is, you know, maybe you have at this point, you've already planned your week, and now something else is being more prioritized than the other. And you say, I'm going to trade you know, this activity for that one. And then, uh, so that reminds us of, you know, you can't gain, you can regain terrain, but not time. And so that's at the, uh, at the base level, that's trade-offs. And so you make really, a, this is a negotiation with yourself, if you will, uh, to, you know, use time for one activity or other. And so the, the question is, what trade-offs am I willing to make uh, to do X, Y, Z? And I think sometimes the answer could be easy, but really what it's asking you to do is be selective. Uh, and so you say no to one thing enables you to say yes to other things. And that's the, uh, uh, the whole principle of trade-offs. Um, and so I could, uh, there's, I had a few examples, but uh, really is really with like book, let's say with writing, I like to write. You know, and I want to grow as a as a writer, but I have, you know, different book projects that I'm working on, and uh, so it's a trade off to, uh, you know, spend more time on one project than the other, and I have to try to uh, foresee, you know, what that end state is going to look like. How much time am I willing to invest in a project to see am I am I going to get something out of it? And uh, so you're going to be asking those questions when you're looking at your time blocking, uh, time box, time blocking. This is just an investment technique. So what do you think about that, Mike? Well, I think I think so time gears turning. Well, no, I mean when uh, when we looked at this this book and and um, you know essentialism, I you know the the things that come to mind weren't time. But obviously, I think time is probably the most important aspect of that because if you don't if you don't get a, a you know your handle on that, you can that's throw, where my brain went with it. Yeah, it, yeah. You, can, you can. Well, I you know that's probably and I can see that. But you know me when I looked at this, you know the disciplined pursuit of less. I mean, I, I can honestly tell you, I was thinking more materialism and finance and things like that. And you went straight to time on that. And I think that's accurate because I think if you don't have um, a handle on that, the other stuff ain't really going to matter. 
Um, but I would like, if, if possible, I mean, I would like to talk about some of the other aspects of, uh, of Greg's book here, the, you know, the, the, you know, pursuit of less, you know, what, you know, what some of the stuff that he covered in this besides uh, the time, which I'm glad we talked about today. Yeah. But I think, I think that's going to be very helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. And that's really, he, he uses these basic tools, uh, learning the, the power of no prioritizing, using time, uh, habits to limit, non-essentials, using a personal calendar. His big slogan is less but better. And I think um, and I've taken that because, you know, the idea of a thesis, antithesis, synthesis, and I like less is more. Less is more. Yeah. Less is more. And so you decide on what you can say no to, and you, stri- you stop trying to do everything. And uh, But that's really, if you squeezed out that book, that's really the thesis. And, and I don't want to go any further without mentioning one of my favorite verses on this. And that's, uh, it's out of uh, Psalm 90 verse 12. And we would be remiss without quoting that. But, uh, Psalm 90 is uh, a Psalm of Moses. It's the only Psalm of Moses out of the, uh, uh, the Psalter of 150 Psalms. And, you know, obviously it's not Psalm number one, but the Psalms were arranged thematically. But in Psalm 90 verse 12, uh, Moses says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I love that because it's like time, um, in one sense, is a passing fire guard in the night, right? It's like a, a patrol base, if you will, where you get out of the fart sack and you're, you're now on a, a knee facing out and it's really cold. Maybe that helps you stay awake. But it's really time in a way is just a changing fire guard in the night. It, it's, it's, uh, it's gone so quick. Uh, you have, uh, I mean, you want to depress yourself. Look at how many hours there are in a year and in 10 years. And, or even this, uh, on my uh, computer, I'm able to pull up the calendar and it shows the date and the time. And then I just, you can watch the seconds as they pass. And uh, I don't like to look at that very long uh, because it reminds you that you are mortal and uh, you only have a limited amount of time. In fact, Moses goes on to say, you know, that we have uh, 70 years, 80 uh, uh, if we're strong. But that's, that's really the idea is uh, gaining a heart of wisdom deals, it pertains to, to time. Uh, and so... Uh, the Bible actually says a lot about how to be wise. Wise is uh, doing things that is uh, practical. Uh, knowing how to do something is wise. Knowing when to say something, when not to say something, that all has to do with wisdom. Of course, it also says that wisdom uh, begins with the fear of God. But, uh, but the idea is that I love from Psalm 90, verse 12, that is so apropos to this podcast is uh, a heart of wisdom really has a lot to do with knowing that your days are numbered and you don't have all your, your day, your hours in the day are numbered and you need to use them wisely. So it's really a call to use your time wisely because really your time uh, you, you can't get it back. Uh, Time is really money. And I think time is more important than money. That's just me personally. I may not agree, but uh, I can gain money back, but I can't gain time back. And I, I spend time 
So time is like currency. I can spend it and it pays dividends uh, to be to add some more aphorisms. But that word I was looking for earlier is uh, acrostic. And so the acrostic is a, a word that's actually a, uh, an acronym that's also a word. And so, so that's the, um, if just I wanted to circle back around as part, P-A-R-T, prioritize tasks and, re- and define your goals, adjust and reconfigure as needed, reserve time to think, recreate and sleep, and then time boxing as a technique for investing your time. But uh, that was pretty much what I wanted to do with the podcast. And I hope that uh, f- with these tools that will help you look at the time that you're given for each week and day and, and uh, you know, as a parting shot, uh, I think uh, I like this quote from William Penn. He says, time is what we want the most, but what we use the worst. And so the idea is to, you know, use our time wisely. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad, you know, um, yeah, it's not just the, it's not it's not just the hours of the day or the days in the week, but you know, the psalm reminds us that it's your life. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you're you're looking over your your calendar for the week. You know, you're really you, know, you need to be assessing where where you're spending your lifetime at and and on when you're spending that on. Uh, good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so anyway, I think we're uh, getting close to that hour. So I hope, we'll, hope you enjoyed today's uh, episode of the Pinelander podcast. And if you enjoy our content, we hope you'll check out our sponsors. Uh, Blacksmith Publishing has been serving the warrior class since 2013. We have great titles written by warriors for warriors. So if you're looking for a great reference book or you just want to unwind in the G-Base with a great novel, be sure to check out the bookstore located at blacksmithpublishing.com. We're always adding uh, new titles. So if you're... Uh, Looking for uh, some cool apparel, uh, go over to pinelander1776.com, and uh, we've got a lot of neat uh, things over there. And uh, we appreciate your support, uh, the American Agogi Project, developing tomorrow's warriors today. And until our next meeting, remember to keep your head on a swivel and stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, and socially astute. To each other, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, in our sacred honor. God bless Pineland.